Welcome to the Ask the Estate Agent podcast, here to give you the knowledge and inspiration to take the next steps in the world of property. Your weekly dose of property market updates, top tips on buying, selling, renting and investing in property. From your expert estate agents and through interviews with industry specialists. We're here to answer your questions. So here's your host, David Thomas. Hello everybody, David here from Ask the Estate Agent Podcast and thank you for joining me for this week's episode. Now, I've often wondered a lot of the detail on this and I think a lot of people know that the buying experience of a property is different in Scotland than it is in England, but do you know how it's different and why it's different? So what I wanted to do with this episode we're going to cover the buying and selling homes in Scotland and England and what are the differences. So straight off, getting in there at number one is gazumping is almost unheard of. I hate the fact that this still goes on or can go on. But what's really interesting is in Scotland, once the seller has agreed an offer price on a property, it's taken off the market. And in fact, solicitors in Scotland must decline to act for the seller if they later accept an offer from another party. That is, unless the original offer has fallen through. This means the practice of gazumping, where a seller goes back on an agreement in favour of a higher bidder, is very rare in Scotland, although it's not theoretically illegal. So anything that reduces that, in my opinion, is a good thing. So that's number one. The difference there, gazumping is almost unheard of in Scotland. Number two, then, Property is usually marketed at over a specified price. In Scotland, solicitor firms are often responsible for marketing properties rather than estate agents. This is because most residential conveyancing firms in Scotland also have an estate agency department. Homes in Scotland are either marketed as offers over a specified price or at a fixed price. If it's at over a given price, interested parties will be asked to give sealed bids and timescales of purchase. The highest bidder will win and will be informed on the same day. If it's a fixed price, most common when market conditions are challenging or the seller wants a quick sale, the first person to offer the required amount becomes the successful party. In England and Wales, homes are marketed by estate agents at an advertised price, which is negotiable and are only financially tied in after contracts have been exchanged. So number three then, sellers must provide information up front. Now there is discussions for England to follow suit with this to try and speed up the process. In Scotland, almost all residential properties are required to have a home report before they can be marketed for sale. The only exceptions to this are new build homes and buildings that have been recently converted into residential accommodation. A home report contains a survey, a report on the home's energy efficiency and a detailed property questionnaire completed by the seller. By contrast, the only upfront information required in England and Wales to market a home is an energy performance certificate. Once an offer has been accepted, the buyer can then choose to organise a survey of the property. Back in 2007, the government attempted to replicate the Scottish system with the introduction of the home information packs, the HIPs. But after a disastrous rollout, the packs were finally scrapped in 2010. So I can see us going back towards something more like the Scottish model with having some kind of report. And it just it makes sense in terms of speeding things up in getting that information out of the way down on paper beforehand. It seems crazy that we just do all that after an offer is agreed in England and Wales. So that would be a good thing, in my opinion. 
Number four, then, there is no stamp duty. Stamp duty in Scotland was replaced in 2012 by Land and Buildings Transaction Tax, LBTT. It applies to homes worth more than 145000 compared to the 125000 first stamp duty threshold here in England. In Wales, Land Transaction Tax, LTT, applies to properties of 180000 or more. First-time buyers in Scotland will only start paying LBTT on homes worth 175000 or more, whereas in England, relief is available on the first 300000 of the value of all properties up to 500000 Number five, then, the missives, I think it's pronounced, are legally binding. Now, this is an interesting variation. When a bid has been successful from a buyer, which is reported straight away on the same day it was made, the buyer's solicitor will confirm their mortgage with the lender, agree an entry date and deal with legal inquiries about the property straight away. But instead of a single contract, a buyer's solicitor in Scotland will exchange a series of formal letters known as the missives with the seller solicitor. Basically, I believe it's Latin for message and that's why it's letters and it's in writing and that's that's the sort of the history behind the term. But once the missives are concluded, the deal becomes legally binding and the seller must convey the legal title of the property to the buyer. Failure to do so gives the buyer the right to be released from the contract and claim damages against the seller. In England and Wales, in contrast, no legally binding agreement exists until contracts are signed and exchanged. So either party can withdraw from the sale up to this point. So it's a really interesting variation that they've kind of used a bit more of the sort of historic way of dealing with things and agreeing things in writing with letters, which gives people a little bit more security early on in the transaction rather than having to wait like we do in England and Wales, where it doesn't become legally binding until they exchange contracts. So that's a really interesting variation. So there we go. That covers the five key variations between the buying process in Scotland and England. I must admit the Scottish system on the face of it, seems quicker. It also seems a little bit more transparent and also everybody knows where they stand. There's none of this sort of uncertainty that once the deal is agreed, then the majority of the time it's committed to and they've got the formal arrangements there to do it. I've covered it in a previous podcast that the UK uh, English government are now reviewing all of this and looking to try and get those same sort of things in the English buying and selling process to make sure that people are more committed, things are sped up as quickly as possible, because things do take far too long in some instances. And it and all it does is create more uncertainty, more stress in people going through the, the biggest decision of their lives in most cases. So I really welcome that this is being looked at and that it may they may take some great learnings from the Scottish system and implement that into England. So that's great. So I hope this helps. I hope it gives you a bit of an idea, especially if you are thinking of buying in Scotland or vice versa. If you're Scottish and you're thinking of buying in England, then you understand the basics of those variations. So thanks again for listening. Really appreciate if you've got any comments, feedback, questions, please send them in. You can contact us as usual on our website, asktheestateagent.co.uk, or reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So thanks again for listening, and until next time, it's goodbye for now. 
look forward to answering your property questions and helping you with your next move. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Estate Agent podcast.